Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to that greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode where tonight we're going to be talking about the Gooby Keith's film pick of the week from 1980, Fade to Black, directed by Vernon Zimmerman. Uh, I know that there's a debate raging on. I am not having it on. I'm going to watch the highlights later because I think this show is more important than a fucking debate. Let's be honest. Um, but as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gooby Keith. Hi, I'm here, see? See, I'm here. You're not going to find me, you rat thing fuckers. What the hell is going on, everybody? <laughs> hey, there you go. Hope you're doing well. Again. We're, also... <laughs> so we're also joined by the psychologist. Right, Ronnie, man, talking Mikey, to me? The Prince of Are you talking Day. to me, yeah. <laughs> You dirty rat. Monkey, get funky. You dirty rat. <laughs> Yep, I already said here, you dirty rat. <laughs> Let's just roll. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I prefer to rock. <laughs> fuck it. Let's, Let's just go. roll with it, gang. Is somebody going to fucking talk or what? I mean, jeez, man. Welcome to the very, very professional, always courteous talking terror, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Roll with it, monkey. Go, go, go. Yeah, I said we're good, man. Just roll with it. <laughs> Next oh, okay. Hockey, I, I didn't realize. I thought, geez, I always, I'm used to you having an intro. Okay. All right. And we know that the demonic dean is here. Or should I say James Cagney for tonight. It's pretty good. Ooh, dirty rat. <laughs> Top of the world, ma. <laughs> Denzel said it better. But anyway, uh, yes, welcome <laughs> yeah. to another edition of Talking Terror. Always glad to have you back. We got a lot of <laughs> probably a lot of bad James Cagney impressions later, and maybe even some Marilyn Monroe. So we have that to look forward to when we talk about the film for tonight. Uh, before we get into horror news and everything, don't spooky, make me bust out my impression again, again, man. I, I did that. No, one we're going to. Birthday. I'll do it for you. <laughs> but before we get into all things spooky, since we are in that October season, uh, first and foremost, I just want to say because I know you guys all know it too. Eddie fucking Van Halen just left this earth the other day at 65. And devastated the other as day, ever. yesterday, man. He was he fucking tried. just the greatest guitar god that we've ever, like, you know, one of the greatest guitar gods that we've ever had. So fucking Eddie Van Halen just said, 2020, go fuck yourself, and he left. And it sucks. Yes. Yeah. There's never going to be another good Van Halen show. Nope. Well, look, uh, this is my, here's my, I've been thinking about this a lot yesterday and today. Right. Uh, I am... I have no qualms saying that, one, I'm not, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, the world's largest fan of Van Halen. Um, I also am a bigger fan of Sammy Hagar-era Van Halen than David Lee Roth-era Van Halen, although I do like David Lee uh, Roth-era Van Halen as well. Uh, There was a period Mm -hmm. of time when I was a, a big fan of Van Halen. I've seen him in concert in the Sammy era a couple of times on the Balance Tour. 
Um, but I feel that that was like the end. Like any, like there were a couple of good songs on the Balance album, which I think came out in like '97. Um, but that mm-hmm. whole album as a whole was not that good. And then ever since then, uh, as far as new music, they've kind of been irrelevant. They've been irrelevant for a long, 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 long time. Uh, there's been yeah. Yeah. Uh, failed <laughs> failed launches and relaunches, um, like failed reunions with David Lee Roth, failed reunions with uh, Sammy Hagar. And then the last time that uh, Van Halen split with Sammy Hagar, uh, they fired Michael Anthony also, who's been working with Sammy Hagar ever since in all of Sammy's projects. Uh, and he was replaced on the last Van Halen tour by Eddie Van Halen's son Wolfgang on bass. Uh, I watched some clips of that, and it's just it's just painful. Not that the band sounds bad because the band sounded great, but like at this stage of the game, like watching video, like David Lee Roth just seems like old and unprepared, and uh, you know it, it was just sad to see. You know they were such an amazing band, and it's just like. They, they were just never able to keep it together. And, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a huge loss. I've always kind of held out hope that, uh, that, that they, Sammy and Michael Anthony would go back and they would like make a great album and rock again. Um, but unfortunately that's not going to, uh, see the light of day. No, unfortunately. I mean, uh, Diamond Dave, I mean, I've seen some of his stuff where he does like the Van Halen covers and he does some of his stuff, um, you know, that he did so well. And it's not bad, but it's just, it's not the classic Van Halen that you want, you know. I mean, say what you want about uh, David Lee Roth, but to me, that was always just a good front man. Sammy Hager had a couple good hits, I think, you know, a number of them with Van Halen. I mean, my favorite was Human Beings off the fucking Twister soundtrack. I mean, that fucking song just slapped Dude, the fucking listen to this one tweet. A couple of hits. Let's let's not forget that there was a period of time from like 1991 to 1993 where the Four Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album was like the biggest thing on planet Earth, uh, with Dreams and Right Now and Top of the World and Run Around. Yeah. Like that was that was like global, you know. Yeah, uh, that period of time, you know, 5150 and OU812 had some great songs, but the Carnal Knowledge album was like a global tidal wave. Like they were the biggest band in the world for a period of time with that album. So it's more it's more than just saying they had a few hits with Sammy then. Yeah, that's just my personal opinion, just because I was never a Van and Hagar fan. You know, I just I, I, yeah, I but just that, couldn't you can't... dig on it enough. No, no, and, and I and I your your opinion is completely valid. I just think to say that right. oh they had a few hits with Sammy, like just looking at it like in in the space in that time in the history of music, whether you liked it or not, you can't argue the fact that that was a fucking global phenomenon, whether you liked it or not. Oh yeah, and I, like I said, it, it definitely was. But like for me, again, you know, personal opinion, just wasn't a big fan. But I'm not denying that they weren't fucking huge at one point, especially with that fucking album. I mean, it was just fucking exploded, and people were talking about Van Halen. Once again, which I thought is always a good day, but not to to, to get. But yeah, Ghoul and uh, Monkey. You know, what are your thoughts about Eddie Van Halen? I don't know. If you guys were Van Halen fans, and you know, kind of sad news, but to me, it was just good. Yeah, but again, grow, growing up in the era that we did, you know, the MTV generation, you know, this is like one of the first big bands out there that was in your face. You know, David Lee's crotch is right there, you know, while he's yeah. in his fucking skin-tight jumpsuits and shit like that. And growing up Hell in our generation. for MTV, yeah, early MTV, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's just growing up, you know, whether you – we're into that music or not, you fucking knew Van Halen. You grew up with it, you know? And it's just, again, just sad to see a rock legend pass on. Mm-hmm. What about you, Google? 
Uh, listen, man, you know what? I ain't going to lie. I've never really been the biggest of Van Halen fans. Do I know their music? Yes, of course. Right. Uh, growing up as right. a kid, I didn't have MTV and stuff like that because I lived in New York. We didn't have cable. So like, I knew who David Lee Roth was from other like from music and hearing him on the radio and whatnot. And I think, you know, my mother like talking about him at some point or another. Um, God only knows what they were talking about with it. But, uh, but you know, not knowing, like I didn't know the band was like, I remember when I moved to Jersey and yeah, like I, I remember the right now uh, video and all that stuff being, being mm-hmm. a huge hit at the time. Like that was kind of where like, I was like, Oh, okay. Van Halen, they're a band. Uh, but yeah, I've never been a big listener. I might go back and listen to a couple of things just to hear it. But I mean, look, they're, they're influential. You know, the music that I've ever heard from them, I've enjoyed. I just have never sought them out. Yeah, and that's understandable. Uh, I mean, Ghoul, if if yeah. if you would like, because you and I, Ghoul, have been uh, talking so much music lately, and I know that we, I can't like make an actual playlist because we use different services for our music. But if you want, um, I can like send you a list of songs that would I like that I would consider to be like the essential Van Halen playlist if you're interested. Sure thing, man. Sure. Yeah, like, like we've been trading back and forth with that kind of stuff, man. I'm good with it. Totally. I've been enjoying my Hopefully music. Hopefully it's got nothing about love. <laughs> All right. We're talking about so. love. Hope that's on there. Greatest fucking guitar riff ever to open up a song. And then it just fucking, you know, just melt your face. <laughs> I was listening to fucking you talking about love earlier. I don't think you've ever heard shit. Picasso Moon. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah, so that's, that's what I wanted to bring about Eddie Van Halen, because he just fucking decided to check out at the right time. <laughs> yeah. uh, with horror news, uh, what do you have for his team tonight? Uh, well, before we get to that, uh, not not really horror news, but since we talk about it all the time, uh, since we since we last uh, met for this weekly conversation, uh, it has been announced that uh, the season three of Cobra Kai is going to debut on Netflix on January eighth, uh, two thousand twenty one. And in addition to that, they also announced that uh, season four is confirmed. Oh, nice! So. So, so Cobra Kai is going to carry on. Uh, I I feel like way back at the beginning, uh, the creators talked about how they always envisioned it as like a three season arc. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like with the massive swell of popularity and the fact that they ha- they truly have a brilliant fucking story going, uh, that they have more story to tell. So it's going to have at least a fourth season at this point in time, but you can look forward and I will be looking forward to the third season on January 8th. I, I, I look at it this way with that kind of thing. I mean, one, I think that's great news. Obviously I couldn't tell you how fucking excited I was when I saw that it was coming in January. It was like awesome because the one thing we didn't know is when they were going to get season three to us. Um, I felt like See, them going the... to Netflix was, was going to be a given that we were going to get more of the show. As far as the creators yeah. go, you know, you got to remember too, when they first started this, this was on that YouTube thing. And the gamble, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure they went into it with like, okay, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to give you three seasons. This is what, you know, we've put together for the story. But now as they saw the show surge in popularity, even back then on YouTube, um, you know, I'm sure more creative juices started to flow. And hey, you know what? We could do this. We could do that. If we had more money, you know, maybe we could do this. And the jump to Netflix gives them that. It gives them that flexibility, and it gives them the finances behind it. So I am fucking yeah, thrilled, man. man. <laughs> right yeah, on. man. 
think we're going to see uh, Miyagi's so that is son. The first... Miyagi's daughter, who knows? Let's see. Let's see. Daniel says there's some Miyagi kind of secret kid. from the Miyagi family. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Miyagi and Sato's love child. Um... <laughs> bring back Chosen. I don't see Terry Silver would be totally okay, bring back Chosen. That would be a... You know, if they bring back Chosen, he's been, he's been, he also has been biding his, all of this time waiting for it to, to take his revenge. He's been, he's like, been pounding, yeah. he's been, he's been Fuck pounding that up. same, that same, he's been pounding on that same piece of driftwood that Sato's been pounding on for the last 30 years. <laughs> that was what he got left in the inheritance. Uh, he got he's become a monk. Piece of driftwood. You know, he's he's going to be it's going to be that he's well, spending like like his that life. piece of wood we find? <laughs> What's that? He's spending his life in silence, living in a monastery. And it's not going to be until he sees Daniel, like, coming up on, like, a boat and getting off on the dock that all of his fuel and fire and hatred are going to be bubbled up to the surface. See, all this time, he's been living a good, clean life. But Daniel's going to bring all that, that, that ugliness back. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wanted to drum that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be season four where they take take all after they unify the schools and take all the kids over to Okinawa for training. <laughs> Could be it. We'll see in January. Well, that's got, its own, that's yeah. got its own theories, though. Yes. Because, again, I guess the, uh, the one theory is that I, mean, I don't want to do spoilers for anybody that hasn't gotten to it yet. I mean, I almost want to be like, fuck you. If you ain't watching, like, the rest of the world. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, you season two came out, like, like, a year and a half ago, man. Like, it's, it's, the spoiler statute limitations has to be over, right? It's new to Netflix people. That's the big thing. You know what I mean? With it being on YouTube and YouTube Red and YouTube Premium and all that other crap, like, that's not mass market you know netflix is mass market hulu is mass market a lot of people are going to see it on that on that so that's why we see it blowing up all over the place i'm in an 80s group and i swear to god a day doesn't go by that somebody out of nowhere just suddenly drops like oh has anybody watched this oh my god like everybody in the fucking group at this point is like yeah asshole like come on man really and then but you look at it like 2000 fucking 2000 comments later of oh it's my favorite series (laughs) you're a little late Really, really it. It, was only on like, like, yeah, it was only on like two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> yeah. See, so we're like the were dickheads that about? like caught a band when they were still playing in like gymnasiums, you know? So we're those assholes. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, well, we, we saw them before they were cool dickheads just because you like them now. You're one biscuit in this closer. parking lot. <laughs> no, but the, see, but it's, it's the difference is that I fucking love it that everyone is seeing it now. You know, like, it sucks, like, when you love a band and they blow up and then you lose the access and the cheap tickets and intimate shows. But, like, it's fucking, like, the more people that love it and watch it, like, the more we're going to get, you know? So I love that everybody's into it. Well, that doesn't always mean quality, man. Doesn't always mean that... It's very true, but, but they, they so far have the not show. given me one reason to doubt. So until that well, happens, this thing, in my well, eyes, is still on the rise. Because well, the first remember, two seasons are fucking spectacular. For two years. Well, like I said... Uh, two seasons, two seasons in, uh, they've given, and up to this point, there hasn't been that one episode where I've been like, I'm not sure anymore. Like I'm fully like I, I like I can't wait. Dude, some so, of that shit hit just as fucking hard this time around as it did the last time, man. That's what really I know. Sucked, I know. It was like fuck, man. <laughs> All in the field. 
But hope you're enjoying on, the Cobra Kai podcast. You know, this is not the. While I would love it, uh, I love that we continue to talk about this. This is not the Cobra Kai show. So, uh, moving right along. Mac and cheese, everybody. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Clive, Clive Barker. Uh, Clive Barker, Ooh. legendary uh, writer of mm-hmm. horror, uh, has revealed uh, that he is having yeah. his hand in writing and creating a series uh, based on Nightbreed. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Clive Barker is writing the series Bible uh, for Nightbreed. Uh, the director, Michael Doherty, who directed the Trick or Treat movie, is going to be directing. Uh, Clive Barker Please. says that he's making it relevant for today's audiences. And being Which that, movies did he uh, His next <laughs> Trick or Treat. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Nobody, no, somebody like decided to get like sexy breathing real quick, just as you said the name of whatever it was that he directed. Uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, Trick or Treat. Um, the, there's been no no news on like release date or where this is being created for, but given that Clive Barker's upcoming uh, series project is going uh, onto Hulu, I would imagine that this would also maybe be for Hulu. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you are a fan of Nightbreed, there is going to be a series uh, set in the world of Nightbreed that is going to be updated to be relevant for today's audiences. Working on the Fine. Nightbreed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited about this project. Well, Bob Seger just, just, just because this project, either way, like you, you go ahead and update it, do what you need to. But I am excited because if they sit there and do a series, they can either do it before or after the events of the movie. Either way, it still works. Yeah, but now Boone's going to be a Trump supporter. That's how you update it. Boom. Ah. Right? He's going to come out with all mutated with a fucking MAGA hat on. He's going to be like, whoop. This is where we're going tonight, baby. Strap in, boys. Uh, no. <laughs> we are not going there. <laughs> Barker might. You never know. <laughs> but yes, I decided to do my Nightbreed as a anti-Trump message. And I'm like, go right on ahead, man. Good <laughs> what? Well, Clyde Barker still sounds like a 65-year-old Jewish woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just Every have a smear this afternoon. <laughs> just, a, just a smear the rocks this afternoon. Okay, Clyde. Yes, thank you. Did you have like, a conversation with yourself and Clyde Barker where you played both parts? Yep. Hell yeah. That's what I do. Because I'm a lovely motherfucker who has conversations with myself. Thank you. Make Midian great again. Okay? We're going to make Midian <laughs> That's great it? again. It's not going to be Maga. It's going to be Maga. The A is Maga. Okay? It's Maga. <laughs> you wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> so. What do you have to we have talked about uh, Ryan. Dominate your life. We talked Ryan song. <laughs> Ryan song. Sorry, I don't know. You said Brian. I was just going with it. We have talked about no. I said Ryan. We've talked about Ryan Murphy uh, of American Horror Story. How he has uh, created the Ratchet uh, limited series for Netflix. Uh, it seems that 
uh, Netflix and Ryan Murphy are staying in bed together in the limited series of iconic mm. characters as uh, Netflix and Ryan Murphy have announced that Ryan Murphy is going to be creating a limited series for Netflix based on Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, no, thanks. Thus far, what? thus far, uh, there has been no casting for Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, but Richard Jenkins, who is a fantastic actor, has been cast yeah, to play uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's father. Uh, the word is that this, the word is that this series is going to be told uh, from the perspective of uh, Dahmer's victims. And it's going to be a deep dive into the police incompetence, including the 10 instances of Dahmer almost getting caught, uh, but ultimately being let go. So uh, they're going to begin production uh, in January, uh, but there's been no information on uh, the amount of episodes or when it's going to be released. Hold on, King. You said no thanks. It's like you jump on every Jeffrey Dahmer story that's out there. And you're going to pass this Well, Ted Bundy, but close. Yeah. Oh, but sorry. No, Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm up there with. But no, just no thanks, because it's fucking Ryan Murphy. It's not as gay cannibalism, thing. man. He likes, he likes Bundy, because <laughs> Bundy likes to fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, he was just equal. Up, even if they were dead, you would still give him a shot. You know, Bundy. Go <laughs> fuck it. Go fuck it. Get that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, yeah. No, Dahmer. I mean, I'm I'm always been interested in Dahmer in his case, just for more, more of the reason, just because the cops are so stupid. <laughs> it wasn't just Dahmer; it was the fact stupid. that these fucking cops were like, "Oh, hey, look, there's a there's an Asian man. He's covered in blood. He's running and screaming out of that guy's apartment. Better put him back in there because you know how gay people fight." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, it's cool. He just said to some boyfriends, and we just let him go. Even with the handcuff on, you know, they get kinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, but Ryan Murphy. I mean, I I like American Horror Story. You know, I watched one episode of Ratchet. I thought it was just terrible. So I, I just, if he could make it serious, I would enjoy it. I just don't want him to put that lore of that American Horror Story touch that he puts on stuff. It's like, no, just make a straight lace Jeffrey Dahmer story. Tell it from the victim's perspective, and it can be a good thing. But yeah, I'm really hoping uh, he takes it more seriously. I can kind of go with you on that, only because, you know, even looking at Ratchet, uh, which we haven't finished, uh, we got four episodes in, I think, maybe we watched the fifth, Um, but yeah, for one thing, being that we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest right before it, um, as just a way to to work into the character, um, such a stark departure from where I thought the show was going to go. You know, I figured we were going to get something more of like a deep dive perspective into that character's mindset, not an American Horror Story series in which she just happens to be floated. It's like she floated into American Horror Story all of a sudden. Um, You know, like I'm waiting for other like big name, like, you know, quote unquote celebrity type characters just to start like walking in through the doors of the hospital just to you know say that they were there. Uh, yeah, hmm. so yeah, I, w- I would prefer for them to do it if they're going to do it to maybe not go that route. But you know what? That's that's Murphy's thing. You know, that's how yeah. he does it. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask. So with Ryan Murphy and all of this stuff that he's put out so far, do you think he's kind of painted himself into a corner and he's always putting out the same project, just putting a different label on the on the top? No, I just think he has a visual style that he likes. Mm-hmm. I think he has a certain oh, way sure. of doing things that he enjoys. So that's what I think. Oh, it's just, just in. Being 
this yep. this this just in in regards to the Dahmer series. Breaking news. Uh, the casting, <laughs> the casting for because it's Ryan Murphy. The the casting for who's playing uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is down is down between uh, Sarah Paulson and Jessica Lange. Oh, by Jeffrey Dahmer. No, I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding, King. Oh, Jesus. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson is like his views. Don't do it, Ryan Murphy. Don't fucking do it, Ryan. I don't know. I thought that well, Jeremy Renner did a fucking good job. It's going to come down to Dermot. I was going to say Dermot Mulrooney, but I don't think it's Dermot Mulrooney. It's Dermot <laughs> something else. And, uh, Dylan and McDermott. Evan Peters. <laughs> Dylan McDermott. There you go. Dylan McDermott and, or Evan Peters. That's who it's going to be. It'll probably be Evan Peters. It makes Evan the Peters. most sense. Yeah. Yeah. Could it would definitely pull be it Evan off Peters. Because he just, yeah. And we know he can perform. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how he could put his spin on. I mean, I still think that Jeremy Renner is the best interpretation of uh, Dahmer that we ever got. So if you haven't I seen that Hulu, one from 2002. I heard Hulu was going to go for the show, but they they were asking for, like, a, an arm and a leg for it, so. Mm-hmm. They should have checked Dahmer's mm. bridge. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got him. I got him in spades. <laughs> like a bad fucking so got Dean? set up there. What do you got, man? <laughs> yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost All right. up on The Walking Dead for Ghoul News. Uh, well, I've got, well, like, well, hold that, that, hold that, that thought. Hold, Ghoul, Ghoul, please just hold yes. that thought for a moment because after <laughs> the next thing I'm going to say, it will be relevant to what you're talking about. Uh, the Walking Dead you. flagship, the flagship series. Uh, when the flagship Ooh. series, like 30 episodes from now, comes to an end, uh, we have talked about there was how there's going to be a Carol and a Daryl spinoff show. Uh, Carol the, and Daryl. There's, there's been some, there's been some more details. <laughs> there's been some more details about that. And it's going to be a, a road show. Like Carol and Daryl could be like on the road traveling. Um, what I had read was that by spinning off the flagship into the Carol and Daryl show, which ultimately is still going to be a continuation of the flagship by making but it just a focus of them. Uh, they can cut, they can cut down on lots of the production costs. And uh, in uh, the recent seasons, they both have had, they've had conversations with each other where they've like referenced other oh, places. And it looks like Arizona. they're going to take those conversations and spin that into them kind of going on the road together. So the Carol and Daryl uh, spinoff that's going to run out of the fl- uh, come out of the flagship is going to be a roadshow. So it'll be cool to see them travel and go to different places. You get you yes, got to stay with the name no. the Carol and Daryl Roadshow. <laughs> hosted by Joe Buck <laughs> Like ant, it's like an antique roadshow. <laughs> but cool, you were okay. saying big news. <laughs> yeah, well, again, like I said, I'm uh, I'm almost caught up. We finally got over that hump of, uh, you know, an episode or two after Rick's uh, departure. Um, I have to say, too, Dean, you were absolutely right. You had to give it a little bit, and the show does start to pick up its steam again. I am thoroughly enjoying this season as the Cool Girl, season 10. Uh, season 9 ends very strong, I felt. 
Um, but season 10 is fucking, uh, it's balls to the wall. It's a lot of fun, man. And it's, it's a lot of build up and a lot of surprises too. There's fucked up shit going on, man. Shit that has brought fucking tears. Surprised the fuck out of me, man. I'm like, holy fuck. I didn't even like these fucking characters and look at this shit. Now, as far as this spinoff shit, <laughs> I'm a little fucking pissed with them about this, man. Because if it's going to be taking place after the flagship series, then it means that there's no danger to these two characters. There's no danger to Carol and Daryl, you know, because we know if they're going to unless I was thinking that unless they have to survive. unless unless that's gonna unless that's setting up like a massive curveball that they're going to throw. I agree with you. I was thinking that completely. I'm like, well, by saying that and announcing that, we know that they're going to survive everything that happens in the next thirty episodes. Mm-hmm. Which you know, The Walking Dead has never been shy with you know killing off characters, but it appears that Daryl and, and Carol are going are going to be safe. Um, which, you know, it's a bummer I mean, to know that. Not that I want either of them to die, but I, I was I'd rather not know. That maybe this spinoff series was going to be something that filled in some gaps for the six-year period that we didn't get to see. Um, you know, and maybe they would go that route with it instead, but... I don't know. I guess not. Yeah, but even if they go, even if they go that route, though, you know that they still would have no harm come to them because they'd be coming back full circle to the flagship. But but that's fine. That's in the spinoff. You know what I mean? I, if the spinoff is something of a, you know, prequel or in the middle of where the main series was, that's fine and dandy. What I mean is, is that the actual episodes of The Walking Dead, the next season of The Walking Dead, which is supposed to have like thirty thousand fucking episodes, you're now telling me that. In all of those 30,000 episodes, Carol and Daryl are not going to die. So that takes away any yes. suspense for anything that's going to occur with those two characters. Because at no point am I ever yes. going to feel like they're in danger because there's going to be a fucking spinoff for them. But again, you, you literally just put the loophole in there, though, is because what if this series is during that six-year period, and then it rid would really fuck you up if it finds out that shit happens to him, and then you find out that series was actually earlier. See? It can't be, because again, like the, the Dean said, they're talking about traveling now. They're to, like, and this is after the six-year period. They're talking about going uh, to okay. Arizona and doing all these other things, which is what this is all building up to. Uh, I think this is a case where they probably were hoping they could keep this shit under wraps for a while, but obviously this is, you know, 2020 and shit gets leaked out all over the place, real lickety fucking split. So you can't always keep secrets. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, can we just appreciate that there's going to be a spinoff about two aging lesbians in the zombie apocalypse? Like, I'm excited. Uh, got- <laughs> they- Listen, again, I will tell you this much, man. After everything went down, Daryl was actually uh, able to become cool again, which was nice because I was really disliking his character for a, quite a fucking while. Yeah, it's not but a I've cool always, fact. I always loved Daryl. Daryl's badass. Yeah. She always I feel validated. Fantastic. <laughs> do, you, do you now? Never cared for either of them. I feel validated. <laughs> How could you not care about Herschel? That woman has nope. been through so fucking much in that series. If there's one character in the so, entire series that I would think anybody could uh-huh. walk with and stand up for, that would be fucking Carol. How could anybody yeah, man, I a think... battered fucking woman who lost her fucking child? Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. I think Sorry, her best moment, it. her best moment, though, was uh, when, when, when she and Henry 
were threatened, and then she goes back to where those guys are. Did you see this before <laughs> you stopped watching? I don't want to give spoilers. Yes, yes, yes I did. Yes, you saw it before. Yes, I saw it before I stopped watching. So, yes, I know exactly okay, what Okay, good. So that means the same for everything. And it but was when a moment she goes of bad back Oh, God, when she goes back and those guys wake up and realize that they're all covered in gasoline and she just lights the fucking match and throws it on them, I, that, that scene, that's one of my favorite Walking Dead scenes ever. Mm. Fun. But anyway. I like her. Uh, so what's next? News <laughs> and, and Negan about is the fun. Walking Dead. Yeah, Negan has become a fucking super fun character. Um, I'm very curious, and you'll have other, uh, you know, I'm curious to see. I don't want to talk too much about it until you finish the season, and then finish. I'll look forward to a lot of talk about it. Um, It'll be tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, the, it's just, <laughs> uh, I, I, like I said, and I've said it on the show, like, if, if there was a little bit of a lull, and then it, then it finds its footing. It feel like there was, like, a little bit of a lull trying to figure out what it was without Rick. And and they and they did a decent job of of bringing it back. So I would hope that maybe you, uh, the rest of you guys, if you were into it at some point, like find your way back, because uh, I feel like it's it's very entertaining television once again, as I have said. And uh, you know they've announced all of their plans. Uh, they have said that the the movies, uh, while they haven't been able the Rick movies, while they haven't been able to uh, start uh, production, uh, that the, the scripts are ready. Uh, that they're in constant communication with Andrew Lincoln, uh, that he's like part of the team and they're, they're, they're constantly uh, talking about the project. And, you know, as soon as it's safe to do so, uh, it's going to be pedal to the metal with getting, getting that stuff together as well. All right. Um, Next on the list. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things back into production, uh, we talked about how it was going to be happening, uh, but Stranger Things season four is officially back in full production. Uh, they are filming. They're in production. They say their safety measures are in place, and uh, their scripts for the whole season are done and complete, uh, which goes against previous seasons because they would still be working on the scripts as they were filming. Uh, but being locked down has given them the chance to uh, make sure that their scripts are ironclad and, and perfect the, the way they want them. So uh, hopefully by the end of 2021, we'll, we'll see it. Uh, but it is in production now. Sweet. Okay, and, yeah, I feel like each week I've been talking about uh, one of the different content uh, deliverers uh, has shared their their holo- Halloween season celebration streaming plans. And uh, I guess HBO Max did not want to be uh, left out because they have announced their Halloween is here uh, celebration uh, with an extensive, extensive list of movies, shows, documentaries uh, that are all available to stream on HBO Max right now. Um, I do have HBO Max. I have the app on my phone. Uh, I do really mm-hmm. wish they, they can get it together with Amazon and sort out whatever their differences are uh, and come to a deal so I can get the app onto my TV uh, because they also did something where uh, they have fucked with the they fucked with the capabilities somehow uh, of being able to stream it, like being able to, I mean, cast it. Uh, like I, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to watch the Action Park documentary, and I put it on the app on my phone and go to cast it. But they they have some kind of setting that won't let it cast. Uh, you can't cast it. So uh, they they're gumming up the works, and um, you know, hopefully they sort that out soon. I believe that they have the similar uh, similar standoff with the Roku services right now. Uh, so there's no there's no HBO Max for Roku, but hopefully. Hmm. Um, they'll sort that stuff out because I want to watch a lot of oh, that content. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I have a Samsung TV. I can stream it through that. And I have, uh, obviously, I run the app also through the Xboxes. So, which, uh, I guess they, they have whatever deals they have there. Yeah, I got I to gotta say, man, you know, again, in order to watch season 10 of The Walking Dead, I ended up having to get, uh, well, I got it to watch the pandemic special last week. I got sling for 30 days or whatever it is. Man, I am fucking... <laughs> I'm glad I have it because it's our only way of watching season 10 of The Walking Dead currently without having to purchase it any further through, through the Xbox and all that shit. Um, but, man, do I ever not regret getting rid of Sling. I have had nothing but fucking problems with Sling, with their app, <laughs> with their playback. Dude, their fucking picture comes and it's fucking shit. It freezes on me all the time. It's crashed on me a thousand fucking times. And these are all the reasons why I got rid of it back then. So I am glad to see that, you know what, even losing those couple of fucking channels that I lost, I'm going to be so happy when I'm back to just fucking Hulu only, man. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So what's next, Dean? So I have never seen uh, Happy Death Day. I would have guess that some of you or all of you have i'm gonna say that uh, i would imagine if any of you have the king of horror has um i saw it in the theater did we, uh, did we cover Jason that no. did we cover that on the show did somebody do happy death day no, no i've never seen it i thought you did uh, talk anyway, about it a lot jason, but we haven't covered the movie jason uh, jason blum has says that happy death day is destined uh to be a trilogy destined mm-hmm. destined to be a trilogy mm-hmm. yep yeah. So that's all. He's the one doing freaky right now. <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Caitlin uh, Newton. So looking forward oh, to seeing yeah. that one. You know, R-rated fucking body swap horror comedy. So just call her. Oh, yeah, Happy Death Day Caitlin? Three. Yeah. Did we Catherine? Just call her yeah, Caitlin? I said Caitlin for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's Catherine Newton. That's, I don't know why I said Caitlin. But, yeah, it's close. Wasn't like I called her Joan. But, <laughs> Olivia Newton. I was in the. I was in the ballpark. <laughs> But, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, Happy Death Day 3, Happy Death Day to Us would be the title that he'd want to go with. So, be nice. I can't, can get I can't wait for Freaky. Freaky looks so uh, much yeah, fun, man. Can't, can't wait for what? She's hot as fuck, so. Freaky. Freaky. It is the newest movie coming out from him. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like Freaky Friday meets the hot chick meets uh, a horror film. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard something about that. I think I heard something about that. Yeah, the original title was going to be Freaky Friday the 13th, but then they're like, nah, I'm just going to call it Freaky. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sure. Great idea. Yeah, well, Victor Miller would want a chunk of it then. (laughs) Exactly. Like, no way, guys. That's Friday the 13th in the title. No way. You want to get sued, too? Mm Mm-mm. You want some of this? Do you have a character? Nope. No, Do you have you. a character named Jason in there by any chance? Do you have a Jason? Jason? <laughs> yeah, no, no, then, then I'd like some money, please. Please, please roll back here. Better not fucking take place at the camp. Thank you. Yeah, let me have that. Let me have that money. <laughs> they going to talk about going to camp at some point or another. If they are, well, then yeah, 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 yeah. Like the money. Thank you. Like the Miller, Meanwhile, I'm sitting here. I created it all. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting here wearing my bootleg. Uh, official bootleg uh, Camp Crystal Lake uh, Camp Counselor t-shirt, so um, <laughs> I want to talk. But anyway, my Twisted Sisters shirt today. That's the very shirt I wore as I dropped my ballot in the ballot box for, for my voting rights today, so yes, me and the Twisted Twins went and did it together. 
Uh, no, good for you, I cool. You. I mean, a different one than you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad I got them as the killer nuns. So cool. Uh, no, mine kind of has them looking like they're gonna make out on a on a couch. They did in the movie, actually. Vomit uh, the Vomit Girls trilogy. They did. So I want to check that. But aren't they? Huh? Haven't you watched? Haven't you watched? Yeah, they are. It's all the rage. Yeah. I mean, one of my one of my favorite scenes right now has got uh, Tommy Pistol, Kendra Spade, and Natasha Nice. Okay, and I guess they're like step siblings or whatever it is. And at some point or another, Tommy makes Natasha eat Kendra's ass, and I'm like, yes. He's forced to like it. <laughs> it's fun. Well, Everybody wants it. Families, it's family's time. Them too. You know, so. <laughs> well, that's understandable. Yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of those myself. So, hey, listen, they're fun. You know, he gets there. Like, what are you doing with my stepmom? Not tonight, Tommy. Okay. <laughs> Tommy, you were supposed to get out of here. Oh, wrong. wrong. <laughs> I mean, how, you know, I mean, how many windows can a stepmom get stuck in before she realizes she shouldn't be doing that anymore? <laughs> yeah, under the bed ones. Are Sorry, fun. You know, some, somehow they get oh, yeah. stuck under the bed. That's just that amazing. Or the table. Mm. The coffee table is always a weird one. Like, how? how? Mm-hmm. You just, oh, no. No, let me, why, why are you taking your ticket out? This isn't how you get me loose from underneath the table. Oh, it is tonight. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're getting loose. I, it's not where you think you are. Yeah. I just and fell. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. I fell. What am I ever going to do? Oh, this isn't the right way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Junior, wait. Is your penis inside of me? Like, I love that. I love, love that thing. Yeah. The reaction. Is like, oh, you better not thrust. You better not fucking finish in me. I swear to God. You can do this, but you can't finish in me. <laughs> We swear yeah, you will not last ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know, yep. Yeah. You will not last more than ten seconds watching this hot one. No idea. Is that I'll more than fucking Shrek? Oh my god. <laughs> Why is Donkey acting that way in the threesome? <laughs> That's not polite. So anyway, since we've completely gone off the rails, uh, Steve, yeah. Corn. That never happens. <laughs> Um, no. The theater wars continue. So, uh, Regal Cinemas has announced that they are going to be shutting down uh, completely for the foreseeable future, perhaps at least through the end of the year. Uh, AMC and Cinemark uh, vow to stay open. They're going to stay the course, even though Cinemark has shut down in the UK. Uh, but in the United States, they're go- AMC and Cinemark are going to stay open. Uh, but uh, Regal, for whatever uh, their reasons may be, have decided that they're not going to stay open, and they're closing for this it down. year. Yeah, for the rest of this At year, th- for yeah. sure, they're not going to reopen until not 2021, permanent. is what they've said. Um, yeah. What oh, it is, okay. It was I, with the I, with the canceling of the Bond movie, which, as of this point, was like the last big release that was supposed to be scheduled for this year. With that being canceled mm-hmm. and pushed down, they're uh, they're just they can't risk it. It's just not they're going to not make enough money. I'll be perfectly honest with you, man. I've uh, I've kind of had a bit of a reset on my stance on this. I might actually brave a movie theater to catch the new mutants before they get out, and uh, and I want to see this Tenet movie. Uh, I'm kind of going in on this theory right now. I 
checked showtimes recently, and nobody is going to the movie theaters. And you know what? The easiest way to not catch a sickness is to go where nobody has been. So being that nobody is theoretically going to these movies anyway, there's very well a good chance that I don't have to worry about shit. I'm going to go in with Purell and gloves, no food, no nothing. I'm going to sit and enjoy some big fucking screen goodness is what I'm going to do. Are you able to do that without pretzels and cheese? Fuck yeah, I am. You know what? At this point, man, Fuck I, yeah, I am. would kill. I would kill to watch a fucking movie on a big screen, man. I love the fucking movie theaters, man, yeah, and I too. miss theaters. I miss it. Yeah, I was going like two or three times a month at one point when they were fucking open. Love fucking going three movies. times a week. Because <laughs> well, you have that pass, so it's like, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I didn't have that pass. I went because I love fucking the fucking seeing cinema. everything and then some. And then fucking COVID had to hit and ruin my fucking joy and happiness. I mean, we started a spin-off podcast because we go to the fucking movie so much, and that fucking got canceled. After <laughs> two episodes. Yeah, it sounds like that. That sounds like that was a rousing success. It was a road show. <laughs> Yes, it was a sexy road show. A lot of stepmoms, a lot of lesbians. It was a smash hit. <laughs> right, what else? Very well. Did very well with our Yugoslavian audience, okay? Just so you know. Yeah, I still get emails from them. Number one show, great time, cinema. I'm like, yeah, guys, I love you guys. Number one new show. <laughs> Great show, 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 uh, being that it's a working acting uh, business, they are very, very, very strict in uh, securing their grounds to keep, uh, you know, people from trying to access on their own. And they did start to offer some tours. They have announced that uh, this Halloween season uh, that they're going to be reopening uh, their tour uh, side of their business for the season. Uh, there's going to be uh, limited tickets available through a lottery system. Uh, and once you're on site, they're going to be doing temperature checks and obviously masks and social distancing. Uh, but there's going to be Rectal. two different packages. There's going to be uh, the lakefront tour, and uh, which is going. It's the lakefront <laughs> tour, which is going to cost $89, and it takes you right to the lake, and you will get to tour five different locations from the original film. Uh, you're going to have time for exploration and to take pictures, and you're also going to be given a gift bag with a $30 value. And then there's the full tour, which is $159, uh, where you're going to get to tour the loop of all the different locations. Uh, They're also going to be offering that tour as an evening tour, where you'll get to do it in the dark if you so choose. And that will also come with a gift bag with the $30 value. This is going to be going on uh, from October and November. Uh, There's going to be multiple tours starting October 23rd. And there is going to be tours on Halloween and there also is going to be tours in November on November 13th, which is a Friday. So you will could tour the site of the original Friday the 13th film. 
uh, on an actual Friday the 13th. So uh, that's one of those things that I always wanted to do when I was still living in New Jersey. And it just, it just for no, no particular reason, uh, never happened. Uh, and then once I moved, I continued to, you know, I followed their social media. So I continued to see uh, their like tour announcements. And it was always like, damn, man, I would love to do that one day. So I would hope maybe one of you guys go and do it someday. Um, but I just, I feel it would be a pretty fucking pretty cool experience. Yeah, not this year. <laughs> but sounds yeah. like it would be a really cool experience, though. But it seems like the eighty-nine dollar package versus the hundred dollar package is not a lot of difference. I mean, you well, get to do almost yeah. everything. You can. Did you say one hundred and fifty? Right? Was it one hundred? The Lakefront tour is eighty nine, and the full tour is one fifty nine. There's two different versions. That's what I thought. Okay. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything different. Like you get to explore all the locations in the eighty nine dollar Lakefront package, uh, and then the, the one hundred fifty one is like, yeah. apparently in the eighty nine dollar one. There's only five specific locations you get to see, and in the full one, you get there's a whole loop that has all of the locations according to their press release. Right. I just don't remember that many locations in Friday 13th, 1980. I thought there was five. You know, I mean, that was it. $159? We're going to let you fuck Mrs. Voorhees' dismembered head. You know? <laughs> See, that's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it on the Talking Terror Show. That's what I would Dusty Palmer, get you ready. I just say, <laughs> go wear her sweater and fuck fucking... Her those fuck me faces or whatever the fuck they are, like a flashlight, but with the rest of the head and all that shit, you know, just dress it up with a little bit of, little bit of gore and goop, and you're good to go, man. You can even put the fucking See, deflated that's worth $159. On it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's worth it. And then you get a gift bag at the end, so I mean, it's all good. I mean, I will pay for that package. Yeah, you you see it now. Yes, each, now I'd like to get that. With each thrust, you know, you finally have that one thrust in which they then, then cut to the close-up of Jason's face and his eyes open, you know, and it's like he comes back oh. to the dead because you're, cause your mouth fucking bombs dismembered head. Jason X. Well, hopefully, you know, you're, <laughs> hopefully you're at completion when that happens. So many levels. That'll be great. Be a great shock moment for a completion moment. Jason's face just pops up and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I could really fuck it all up and make it be Roy, you know? That that would make absolutely no sense, but why not? No, Roy just watches. He just beats off in the corner while you do it. Yeah, he's not he's not participating. He's just a watcher. Roy is the cuckold. <laughs> That's right. Look at what I'm doing, Roy. Do you like this? Your son Joey sucks. He got killed. Yeah, you know, what do you think about that, bitch? <laughs> I'm not going to give you any of my talks apart. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the way you like it, Vic, then just fine. <laughs> Got what he had coming. Fucking all right, yeah. Joe, man. And fucking Vic, yeah. greatest survivor of all Friday the 13th movies, just because he got arrested right? and got the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> yeah. The one guy you think that's going to die, no, he lives. Except for the two greasers in the woods that fucking wipe for fucking nothing. I'm going to take a shit, hey. baby. Okay. Those cuts are going to wait all night, yo. Oh, no, Come on, we got to go. The chicks are waiting. <laughs> like, no, there are no chicks. You guys are going to fuck each other at some point. There's no chicks. Don't fool us. You guys aren't just like that on purpose. <laughs> I'm bending over working on this car. I'm bending over working <laughs> on this car. You're not coming up behind you, Vinny. <laughs> you better not surprise me, Vinny. Better not be packing a road for you in them tight-ass jeans. <laughs> 
You make them siblings, and we're all good to go once again. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I can't wait to go on the Sammy Road trip. But first, I think the car's out of order. Better bend over and take a look. <laughs> is there something stuck in this hole? Do you see something in there? You better take a good look. I think you got to go deep with this one, Joey. Hold on. Let me spit on it a little bit. Let me spit on it. That'll make it. That'll make it slick. <laughs> poor Roy's just standing in the woods, going, "Man, it's fucked up." <laughs> I was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, so I don't know if I want to kill him or if I want to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, everybody. Why not both, Roy? You're right. You're so fucking right. I'm just going to crank one out real fast. Being of all of this, being of all of this Friday the Thirteenth stuff, and just in just over a week, uh, the the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, box set should be arriving here. I'm so excited. Yeah, it started to arrive. I started seeing people get them. Pretty big stuff. Yeah, I, so I I actually, so people that ordered uh, directly through the, the Scream Shout Factory website, uh, they have started to ship. Um, I would have liked to go right to the source, <laughs> but the reason that I was able to pull the trigger was because I had the big Amazon gift card. Um, so oh, Amazon right, is not shipping. I think like the official official release date was the fifteenth. Um, so Amazon <clears> isn't <throat> shipping in, until then. So I will not be getting mine uh, until then. Uh, I I had to I purchased through Amazon because I had the gift card for my birthday. It's a little bit longer of a wait, but it'll be worth it, I'm sure. Oh, oh like I, it's not like I haven't seen any of these movies before, and it's not like they're on fucking TV every day because it's Halloween season or anything, you know? Um, <laughs> That's why I didn't anyway, buy it. Uh, I got them on yeah. DVD. I was like, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. I don't have them on The only one I have on, uh, the, only th- the only one I have, I still have the, Blu- I have the Blu-ray of the original Friday the 13th. Uh, they had done like the, like, like they had done like the uncut version uh, uh, Blu-ray special, and I still have that uh, Blu-ray. Um, oh, okay. but, uh, yeah, uh, moving right along. Uh, I have talked about how how entertaining uh, 50 States of Fright on the Quibi app was, and I stand by my statements, and my statement was that it was as entertaining, if not more entertaining, than the Creepshow series, uh, and I didn't realize that the, the four or five states worth of stories that were there were considered a first season, uh, but they 50 states of fright, uh, of course, uh, you know, the mastermind uh, Sam Raimi is behind that, has announced their second season, which is going to be four more states worth of stories, Iowa, Washington, Colorado, and Missouri. Um, you know, I did not continue to pay uh, for Quibi when my, when my trial period ended. Uh, that was the end, but uh, I might try to see if there's another trial period and use a different email address of mine uh, just because uh, I thought that that series was that entertaining. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, you know, just, uh, you know, to anyone that might be into that thing, uh, 50 States of Fright, uh, a whole new batch of episodes uh, have been released onto the Quibi app. Um, I know it's not a very yeah. successful venture. Uh, but just because it's not a successful business venture doesn't mean that there's not quality content. Uh, and as a firsthand viewer of 50 States of Fright, I stand by my statement that it is highly entertaining content. So I'll be looking forward to trying to find a way to watch these next four uh, that have come out. 
And they did announce that uh, the episode in Colorado is going to star Christina Ricci and actually take place at the hotel that uh, Stephen King based The Shining on. So I actually kind of want to see that episode. Yes, yes. See how they use the hotel. Yeah, it looks kind of fun. You know, so I actually might do a free trial just to watch that one and then cancel. But, you know, we'll see. All right. uh, So what's next, Steve? Uh, next, uh, I, I, based on how lengthy, uh, the property that I'm going to talk about is, I was surprised at this news that I'm about to talk about. And while it is one of the things that I was most looking forward to and, and was looking forward to very much, and I haven't yet, uh, got around to watching it, but it is on my list of things to definitely accomplish in the month of October, uh, the all encompassing eighties horror documentary that's currently on Shudder in Search of Darkness uh, that has like a 256-minute running time has announced In Search of Darkness 2, which is going to be another deep dive into the world of 80s horror. Uh, They said that they have, uh, not that this is going to be the length, but they said that they have another four-plus hours of interview with such industry titans as Robert England, uh, Tom Savini, John Carpenter, and some performers, uh, you know, such as Nancy Allen, Linnea Quigley, and so on and so forth. Uh, they're also in this batch going to be covering uh, some of the Italian horror of the 80s, as well as the video nasties of the 80s. Uh, on mm-hmm. the In Search of Darkness website, you can, you can purchase pre-order uh, that, is running for, that is currently running, but the pre-order period will end on Halloween. Um, I have no idea what it costs. I didn't look, but I'm ultimately going to imagine that at some point down the line, it will also end up on Shudder uh, the way the first mm-hmm. part has. So uh, very surprised to hear that uh, that the, the four hours of uh, In Search of Darkness was not enough and that they're, they're going back to the well. I'm excited. So is this, one, I, I is, this, is this one sticking to the 80s like it did with the first one? Yes. yes. But they're just going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a trailer. Like, yeah, there's a full yeah. there's a full trailer on their website. There's a full trailer, and once again, it is a you know it's 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 the world of eighties once again. And yeah, because I, I made it, it about it's gonna have a lot of Italian <laughs> cinema. So. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. Like uh, Diva and I made it about halfway through. Like we made it to nineteen eighty four, you know, and it, mm-hmm. we were just having a it's great long. time. And I was just yeah, but I was just taking notes. You know, of movies to watch. You know, going, oh crap, hadn't seen that one, hadn't seen that one. You know, it's it's a fun yeah. documentary. You know, I I wish I, you know, like I I'm gonna need to go back and finish that one. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. And then part two, just having like I said, the Italian cinema and doing some creature features that were released in the '80s. Uh, definitely look forward because the '80s were such a great time for a lot of obscure horror movies to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I know that Jaretta Jaretta is actually gonna be a part of it. So you know, the monkey and I met her. You know, so she's going to be a part of it. She put it up on her Facebook page. So. <laughs> well, uh, the most fun Italian? time that we had. <laughs> <laughs> you know all these horror movie titles. You must speak Italian because you love all the Italian horror movies. No, I don't even know. But you look Italian. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, what? You are trying to take more than one picture of me? Shame on you, you hairy little monkey. As she's trying to pull our, our, our hair off my Yeah, she tried to rip your arm hair out, dude. Yeah, she yeah, did. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, but God. she was. Lo- I was like, oh, sh-. she was. She was loving you though, man. She was like, you know, tell tell me more about what you know about me. 
because I was just running off her filmography off the top of my head. And I was like, what was it like to work with Joe Diamato? What was it like to work with Joe Fulci and Murder Rock? You were in this scene as a teacher. Like, he's like, holy shit. This guy actually knows the movies I've been in. And not just demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you really made her day, man. <laughs> I hope so. That was the most fun that I had. She's, I mean, she's a key of the 80s uh, Italian cinema. Did a lot of futuristic ones like Brooklyn Gladiators 2020, which is worth checking out. <laughs> But anyway, so what the, uh, what's next? What do you got? Uh, that was my final item, but there is one more thing that I want to say. Uh, it's been it's Mac been a cheese. long time. It's been a long time coming, and I'm 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 very proud. Um, but uh, today, uh, our talking terror Instagram page has cracked the 2,000 follower mark. Sweet. All right. <laughs> 2,000. That is fucking great. Way to go, guys. I know that, uh, you know, you're on there, Dean, and I know that the ghoul hop's on there, too. So way to go. Great yeah, work. I feel like the, the ghoul and I have some fun on there sometimes. But, yeah, we have broken the 2,000 follower <laughs> mark on the Instagram this afternoon. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, if you are listening and you're not following us on the IG, very simple. It's at Talking Terror. Uh, if anyone is listening out there and want to see all the fun and shenanigans we got going on, uh, check it out. Uh, we hope you We hope you join us. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, I know that on the Facebook page, we are close to 2,000. I think we're at 1,800-something. But we're getting there. You know, I think at least a little over 200 to go. <clears throat> but every, day, every week, there's a couple <laughs> likes. So hopefully we can get that up to 2,000 you know, soon enough. We're having a lot of fun over there, too. <laughs> that's all you, King Baby. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm in the wasteland by myself. And I, and, I, <laughs> and I appreciate all your hard work, man. You bust your ass on that Facebook page. Got to keep it going. You know, got to get those likes in. Got to get those shares in. So Instagram is the place to be if you want the quick bites and the fun times with the Dean and the Ghoul. And if you want some interesting news articles, you hit up the Facebook page. And that's what I'm good at. And you know what I think. <laughs> Indeed. All right. <laughs> All right. So it is time to talk about the movie for tonight, which is Fade to Black from 1980. Directed by Vernon Zimmerman. Ghoul, this is your pick this week, so why don't you give us a little bit of a synopsis and we'll get into just what we thought about this movie. Well, let's see. I mean, uh, Fade to Black is a film about a young man obsessed with films. And when the object of his desire, which is not a film, but a Marilyn Monroe lookalike, who is actually better looking than Marilyn Monroe, in my opinion, because she's pretty fucking hot. Uh, I love Australian. I love Australian chicks, man. Like they just they just do it for me. It's the accents. Um, but yes, the object of his affection stands him up. He decides he's going to reenact a bunch of things by acting as different characters and killing people, all while talking like James Cagney, eh? Um, so, so yeah, that, that's that's pretty much fade to black. See, see. So, all right. <laughs> so, what did you think of it, man? Oh, uh, listen, this is the, uh, you know, the reason I picked this movie is because uh, my father, who uh, who had worked at a theater when I was younger, I had grown up, you know, being told by my mother that, uh, like, you know, like the first movie I'd ever seen was Star Wars. And that's the first movie I remember, like, remembering bits and pieces of seeing in a movie theater. Like, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing E.T., um, you know, like, things like that. Uh, but my dad actually revealed that this was the first movie that I had ever actually seen in the theater. I guess this was playing at the theater he was working at, and he sat me down on a seat and put it on while he did his his thing. So 
a very young and impressionable uh, ghoul. It, it explains a lot, actually. So, so yes, <laughs> maybe it does. My first film. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I like have this really strong theory or idea in my head that the very first movie that you ever see in horror movies, I'm sorry, in movie theaters, has an everlasting effect on who you will be. You know, it, it's it's just one of those ideas that I have. Mine was, mine was Star Wars. My oldest son, <clears throat> excuse me, his was Hercules. He became really big into Latin study and stuff like that. My youngest son, his was Transformers. Uh, that's why he's all into tech and stuff like that. And I really, really think the first time you go to a movie theater, it really does have an everlasting effect on you. Mm-hmm. You might yeah, I, I have no memory of this movie in the theater. My dad was texting me while I was watching it, and he's like, oh, is it sparking any memories? And I'm like, no, nah. nothing at all. <laughs> I, I, I recall nothing. I remember nothing. <laughs> nothing. See? nothing. See, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right. So, uh, Dean, what do you think about Fade to Black? Um, one, when I was talking to the ghoul about this film, uh, I think yesterday, uh, and he was sharing with me how this was the the first film he had seen in the theater, it sent me on the exploratory path. And I had a couple of choices for what might have been the first film that I saw in the theater. And I even did speak to my dad yesterday about it. And while we were not able to come to an agreement of what it was, the front runners uh, were uh, the Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the Fox and the Hound. Yeah, I'm a hound dog. So, <laughs> hey, I'm a hound so dog. We yeah, remember, that's Corey was not able to <laughs> yes, was not able to come up with a we were not able to come up with a definitive answer to that question. Uh, but it was possibly one of those films. Uh, now, both uh, Empire, I'm sorry, Fox and the Hound and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, if I am correct, uh, I'm looking real quick. Sorry for the, the delay. I should have had this information in 82? front of me. Uh, Fox and the Hound uh, were both in the summer of 1981. Huh. And... Empire Strikes Back was May of 1980. Uh, so yep. I have I have this like, and my dad was not able to confirm it. He was like, do you fucking think I remember that? But I have this like distinct, <laughs> like, wow. Even though I would have been, even though I would have been four at the time, uh, or just about to turn four, I do have this tiny, tiny piece of memory of going to see the Empire Strikes Back um, but also my memory tells me that it was like snowing, but it was all, and this would have been in New York and Empire Strikes Back was released May 21st, 1980, which makes no sense like that there, that it would have been and snowing. I, um, actually, though, anyway, I had Star Wars movies. They were re-released and left in theaters for ages. They would stay in the yeah. theaters for months, then they'd pull it out and then put it back out again because people were going to see it all the time. That's why yeah, I'm yeah, no, I, no, I, 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 I'm aware of that. And you know, like I know, and I like I know as a fact, you know, I've, that I've that I've saw like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like I know I saw it in Movie City Five in East Brunswick. Like I remember it distinctly. 
And I know I saw the Fox and the Hound. We used to have a summer trailer uh, down in a campground in Wildwood. And like, I know we went to see Fox and the Hound when it was like a pouring rain day. Um, so like, I know I saw those in the theater, um, but I haven't been able, we, there's, uh, it's inconclusive on what was the first film that I saw. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Fade to Black. And um, I feel once again, I've never seen this film before. I've never heard of this film before. And this is one of those where I feel the concept was kind of like really interesting. Uh, you know, a movie fanatic uh, taking on uh, the the mannerisms and personas of uh, classic movie characters and, uh, you know, to, to commit murders uh, for those that he feels have done him wrong. And I feel that this movie, you know, it's one of those watching it now that just suffers from the time uh, that it was made uh, watching it now. Um, as far as its pacing um, and and the performances and so on and so forth. So while I appreciated the concept and I have a, a very, very, very um, warm soft spot in my heart for Dennis Christopher, uh, who is in we one know. of my uh, – <laughs> you're trying to – you're going to ruin my moment. You're, you're, trying, you're truly I'm trying sorry. to ruin my moment. I'm um, it, it brings, you know, you know. So, uh, and this, I didn't realize that this was the film that he was in. Uh, it was the film he was in after, right after Breaking Away. So, such a, uh, it was n- knowing how I know every, like, every corner and and nook and cranny of Breaking Away, uh, of the story of the of the scenes of the performances. Uh, it was interesting to see, uh, you know, Dennis Christopher in this role, which was so vastly different. Uh, than his Dave Stoller character in Breaking Away uh, to like, you know, truly to see like, oh, look, look, like I'm watching like acting, you know, uh, because uh, knowing he was in this right after Breaking Away. But uh, again, my final, my, my, not my final, but my thoughts on this is that a very interesting concept. And I think the concept is an interesting one uh, that can be explored uh, in, in like a remake fashion from any era of film. Uh, but I feel the ex- like the execution at the time was probably the you know or is the type of execution for horror at the time. But it doesn't necessarily hold up to today. Watching it, watching it now, especially this being the first time I saw it. Hmm. Okay, uh, Monkey, what did you think about Fade to Black? Um, story-wise, this one you know had a moment with me. It's just one of those stories where I could understand it and feel it and. Is just spoke to me about just being in your little world, and that's the only thing that really gets you. That's the only thing that you think understands you, that, and it's the only thing that you think you, you completely understand yourself. I, just because I had this one summer where things went wonky, like I, you know, we were in between houses because our house got destroyed by a tornado. And I had to literally spend a summer where all I did, everything I did was column books. I was reading column books. I was studying column books. I was learning how to draw column books. Everything I did, you know, when I wasn't in summer school that year was just sitting in this one room, listening to music and just reading column books over and over and over. And that was the year that, like, I really, really got my love of column books. And I can totally see him just being completely enamored in this world of old Hollywood and just being sucked in and being that that's the only thing that he really understands. I, and I got it. Um, yeah, unfortunately it's just, it was just lost in the acting because, 
you know, Dennis Christopher, you know, <laughs> Dean and I are the only ones you've probably seen breaking away. And I was just laughing during the impressions because I was like, man, he just can't stop doing funny voices just like he did in Breaking Away. <laughs> this time he's not on a well, 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 slow down, slow down, <laughs> slow down. Uh, he didn't adopt funny voices. All he did was adopt an, an Italian accent. Uh, but there was no, like, funny voices involved. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and monkey, monkey, <laughs> monkey. I will, I will say this, monkey. I will forever, forever, truly, truly, uh, forever appreciate that that you did that you did watch that film on my recommendation. I truly appreciate that. Hell yeah, it was yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it's just unfortunately though, I think it was lost in the acting, and we just weren't getting it. That and it kept giving me flashbacks to the HBO TV show Dream On, or was that I the only one? <laughs> Remember no, that. Dream On, Martin Tupper. Martin Tupper, Dream On, Martin Tupper. <laughs> Brian Benben. Uh, I but believe. Yeah. You know the fucking guy? Yeah, dude, that Dream ben On was hilarious. The funniest fucking thing. The show was funny. The chick was hot. Martin Right? That was the character's name, right? Yeah. The character's name was Martin Tupper, right? Yeah. But And if I remember correctly, it might have come on. The reason, the reason that I know Dream On, if I, I would have to go and look, and I might be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure it used to come mm-hmm. on after Tales from the Crypt. It would be like Tales from the Crypt and then Dream On. And since a lot of times I would, I, would set like the, I would like set the VCR to record Tales from the Crypt, and sometimes it would catch Dream On, and then I would like watch Dream On sometimes. So that was a funny show, man. That was a really funny show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, a great idea. I, it got me in my heart. Harry Garvin. It's just unfortunately, <laughs> but unfortunately, it was just lost in the acting. King, what did you think of this movie, man? Have you seen this movie before? Of course you have. Yeah, my Sorry. man, I saw it years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is another one of those movies I rented back when I was in middle school, uh, just because I like the cover art. You know, showing a guy with half face paint holding a, a soda and a popcorn, and just you know talking about his love of cinema because of. I mean, I'm a huge fan of horror cinema, you know, and I, I could relate to the way he was with his movies the way that I could relate to the ones that I love. You know, I know he was big in The Kiss of Death and, and a lot of the classic gangster movies from way back in the, the 40s and 50s, but I was just uh, relating to the character as far as that's all he really had. That's all this guy really does have. He lives with his aunt, you know, and he's isolated. You know, he works, you know, at a film studio, so it's like he's kind of living his dream, but at the same time still very lonely, still very shy, and you know, his escape is his movies, and that's the way I have always felt. That's why I've kind of always found this movie so endearing just because of that fact, you know. It, and it moves, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as far as pacing goes, I think it moves pretty well. Um, you know, and it's I, they call it a slasher, and I don't really think it's a slasher film. I think it's more nope. of a, a thriller. Uh, if I was going to put it into a category, I would definitely say it's more of a thriller than a slasher, but I know a lot of people say slasher because Erwin Yablons is behind, uh, Erwin Yablons is behind the movie, and Joseph Wolf, who both produced Halloween in 1978. <clears throat> so they wanted to, to have another with uh, Fade the Black, and it just it didn't work as far as a slasher, but it goes well in the, the uh, obsession kind of category with people that just have an obsession and, and turning into stalking. And, and that's why I, I kind of like Eric Binford. You guys are laughing at different things. I'm laughing at the fact that his name is Binford, and I could go and, like fucking tool, uh, tool time. You know, like maybe he would have had a fucking great time with Tim Allen. You know, if he had just gotten that Binford Tools job, but he didn't, you know, and instead he works in some studio with his, his nutso boss. Um, and it's the first time I think I ever saw Mickey Rourke in a thing. Um, back when I was younger, like, I didn't know who Mickey Rourke really was, and then I ended up enjoying him in this movie. I thought, that's great. I can't wait to see what else he's in. And I ended up watching Angel Heart because of it. 
which I think is my favorite oh. Mickey Rourke film. Um, yeah, with, uh, Mickey Rourke, yeah. Mickey Rourke, Tim Thomerson, and freaking uh, Peter Horton, man. Who Peter Horton? Peter Horton. I always, you know, yeah. yep. Peter Horton. I think of Side Out. You know what I mean? He was the other character mm-hmm. opposite Thomas Howell in that damn volleyball movie. Um, you know, so and I know he was he was big in that twenty something or thirty something or whatever that show was. But uh, but yeah, for me, it's always Side Out. And then, yeah, Tim Thomerson, man. I mean, that's fucking the kid's dad in Iron Eagle. That's, you know, that's the dude from Doll Man. Like, I know that guy from so much stuff. Trancers. Yeah, I know him from Trancers and Trancers, too. I, I know the um, series. I've seen the boxes in the video store, and I've never, ever seen any of those movies. It's fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, they, I think there's either six or seven of them right now. The first two is the only one mm-hmm. you to pay attention to. And he's so fantastic in it. But to me, it's just, he's a four man Tom Atkins in this movie. You know, walking yes, around with his mustache. Exactly. Banging doing, ass. Doing blow and banging chicks, dude. Yeah. Dude, as soon as, he, like, showed, you know, as, yeah, as soon as he showed up on the screen, though, man, I was like, oh, so in this movie, the role of Tom Atkins will not be played by Tom Atkins. No. <laughs> be played by no, this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I, I, as, a, as a, you know, a criminal psychologist who gets his own office within a jail cell that he decorates with piles of cocaine and just plays harmonica all day long. Because that's just what you do when you're a criminal psychologist. I mean, you know, I was just waiting for it. Yeah. Play. It's, just, it's a fun thing when you have, yeah, because you have the A plot with Eric and everything he's going through. Then you have the B porn plot with, with his character, you know, as a criminal psychologist. He's just banging that police officer. As as I'm like, dude, that's what happened in the fog. I was like, Tom Atkins met Jamie Lee Curtis, and the next thing you know, they're fucking. I was like, this is the same fucking thing. Well, the fascinating thing about this B-plot that you bring up, I mean, unfortunately, you know, and almost I'd even say it's the C-plot because I feel like Eric gets two plots. Um, but yeah, kind the, of, yeah. The plot yeah. That, that Tim Thomerson has goes absolutely nowhere. It really doesn't amount nope. to anything nope. in any way, shape, nope. or form. He almost does absolutely nothing in the film. It's even his partner who actually finds out the big reveal secret as far as, you know, Binford's parentage, which also comes to nothing because he never finds out. <laughs> You're right. Never finds out. And it just, I, you know, and, and we'll get to it towards the end of the movie, just how fucking bumbling this fucking guy is, like, with it, with his uh, police work, you know, and trying to break down everything, and they got to go find Eric. Well, he's not a cop. Remember, they, they make sure yeah, to tell no. us that plenty of times. He's not a cop. He's, like you know, so, so, <laughs> he's just bringing his fucking hippie mentality and drugs to the whole idea of the police force. You know, because and when he gets it on with the, the police woman, and then he yeah, and he comes up with the fucking Ritz crackers and the bottle of champagne and the remote control. Like, this guy's got everything. <laughs> like they just got done banging, and he's bringing up the Ritz crackers and champagne and the fucking remote control. I think this guy yeah, is extra. And, and, and they're all under the covers already. It's like, what were they doing with the Ritz crackers under the covers? Okay. <laughs> I can understand the champ. I can understand the champagne bottle. But <laughs> you ain't never done the. You ain't never done the Ritz cracker trick. <laughs> it's very similar to the three seashells. Yes, very, very similar to the three seashells. Actually. <laughs> oh, this ain't no yeah, regular cracker. Yeah. This is a Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's another one of those things where yeah we get Eric at his job and he talks to Richie, you put him Mickey Rourke and, and Eric, Bart, and he has that question about Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. 
Now this this is this is Eric Binford's studio, <laughs> but it's that the the bet that they make, you know, twenty dollars each if they can figure out Rick's full name in the movie Casablanca, and then Eric says if you both lose, you owe me fifty bucks, and of course he fucking knows. But that's one of those things that people fucking quiz me on. And I was like, see, I get this. And he's like, what was the fucking street name in the fucking Friday Thirteenth Part Three? I'm like, yeah, I can name that. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, but I probably could. What's the street name, bro? <laughs> I mean, you're going to drop it. In Friday 13th, right. when Shelly shows up, it was yeah. High Street. If you look at the cross street when the kid's playing baseball, <laughs> or stickball, whatever you want to call it, right on the corner it says High Street, because they were making a fucking joke about the fact that there's two stoners named uh, Chili and Chuck that decide they want to get high throughout the entire movie. So, yeah, I do fucking know. Useless fucking trivia. So I get it with Eric. There's no bullshit in which yeah, but man, it's, it's, and I, it's just, I, again, while watching this movie, it's like, you know, I kept seeing you and understanding you here about how, you know, this is your world, you know, horror movies, and, you know, I can see how you can totally relate to this character, man. I did, you know, and I mean, I can't relate to him because he goes into the diner at one point to get his meal, and then we get introduced to Marilyn O'Connor, played by Linda Carriage, the Australian, that we talked about earlier, and just immediately gets, you know, she gets on his... uh Best one. She's like, we'll take you back. I'm like, that's never, that doesn't happen in real life. Not to me, anyway. I frighten people away. This doesn't happen. Well, it's because you don't have a Vespa. <laughs> you have a Vespa. Sure. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have a Vespa, man. <laughs> no, I don't have a Vespa. Maybe I need to get a Vespa so I can get hot Australian chicks over with Marilyn Monroe. And it's we, like yeah, we, instead of fucking quaint and fun conversation, you typically drool and just tug on your fucking pants. You know what I mean? So, of course, they're not going to get on your Vespa. Yeah. If I'm wearing pants, that's a big yeah. thing. If I'm wearing pants. Sometimes that, I that, just, that, I just want to around that, that, that and your opening line is, you know, do you like horror movies? You know, as you're glooming over, looming over her, you know, kind of half feet tall looking down at her, you know, not your best move. What's your favorite, <laughs> no, no, What's not, your favorite scary movie? Like do you know what the name of the street is in Friday the 13th Part 5? I do. Can you name all the original actors of all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies in order? I can. <laughs> great come on line. <laughs> but, yeah, oh my God. Oh, it's so wet. Do you want to know who Tommy yeah, know. best friend was in third grade? I know. <laughs> that's not canon. That's fan fiction. We don't talk about fan fiction. We talk about movies. So, we talk about the actual film. <laughs> but... Yeah, he, he what, has a, what was Tommy the, Jarvis's high score in Zaxxon, man? <laughs> yeah, he almost got the high score. I think it was 80,000. I have to double-check that. Because it was almost the high score because he was almost up there. And they did a freeze frame on the movie. I can't remember, but I thought it was 80,000. could be wrong. But uh, the Marilyn Monroe dream sequence. And, of course, the friend Stacy's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you don't even know him. She's like, it's okay. You're like, you know, he's cute. And immediately he's like, hey, so you thought maybe go to a movie? Sure, what time? I'm like, Damn it, this guy. This guy is cold. Like, why is he so lonely? He just gets ass where he goes. <clears throat> he shouldn't be so sad well, and know, awkward. You know what's funny about the diner sequence? What it actually reminded yeah. me of was the scene in Wayne's World when What's-Her-Face walks into oh, the yeah. stands and Wayne and mm-hmm. uh, Garth has that whole big fantasy sequence in his head with the uh, <laughs> pour some sugar on me or some fucking song or another. No, it was Foxy Lady. <laughs> yeah, Foxy Lady. Lady. Sorry, there you go. Yeah. How can I forget that? God. Why do I know it? <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, very similar. And but you, this is now we have confident Eric who's just like I'm gonna go on this fucking date. It's gonna be great, Mafi. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be Cary Grant tonight. <laughs> and then talk my British accent, Cary Grant. <laughs> but I need money. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to give me a back rub. Ew. Back rub. <laughs> not... This whole thing yeah. of like you know, can I get a loan at the regular interest? And then she's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when I want you back right after the movie to give me my back rub, I'm like, wow, are they going to, like, are they are they intimating at something? Like, is this chick, which makes it all the more disturbing if they were, because of what you find out later in the film, so. Because she fucking said it that way, too, where she's just like, back rub. Oh, no, no, I don't need that money that bad. I'll just stay on the street. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll do a Jimmy Cagney impression. But, but, <laughs> But Fantasymassage.com, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his aunt is constantly parading eh? <laughs> Yeah, she, she goes into this All long right. spiel about how she could have been a dancer. Uh, you know, her mother wouldn't met her deadbeat father, and she got stuck with him. And then, she, he, you know, apparently she got in a car accident because she had to pick him up from something, you know, and therefore she lost her career because no, of him. She had to come home. The babysitter called yep. because he was sick, so she had to come home, which, you know, I took it as she was probably fucking drunk from the party, got into mm-hmm. an accident, and then just blames him for the rest of her life. Say, say. <laughs> I mean, he does get her back because he does wait outside, and Marilyn doesn't show up because she went on a date with somebody else, and I love halfway through. She's like, oh, shit, I got to go to the ships. And, oh, that's a great way to fucking end that date. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a great time, right? Anyway, see ya. Hey. I forgot about yeah. that guy that I told him I would meet him. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah he's but already gone him. home. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, she's straight up gold, gold digger on this date. You know, she's got steak, she's got some champagne. She said, "Oh, can I get this oh, yeah. too?" <laughs> well, that's because she didn't want to go back. Yeah, to why the not? Do it up. It's not a matter of fucking, you know, of trying to dig in and get anything out of it. It's just she didn't want to have to go anywhere private with the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Horton was he was putting those date rape vibes all over the place. Yeah, that guy was. <laughs> oh, he, he was. was ready to say yeah. that to every note she had. You know, he was <laughs> dipping something into her champagne glass, which comes to bite her in the ass at the end of the movie anyway. But you know that he was dipping something. So with that rejection, we have Eric going home. Mister Wellington. That's why you lined the. That's why you line the rim of the glass. You never just drop it in there. <laughs> no, you got to be smart about that. See, the monkey knows. He sees things. He knows things. <laughs> See, now there's that part um, of the evening where I have to drop the PSA. Be here at Talking Terror. Do not condone date rape of any sort. Do not drug your date. Thank you. No, he just knows not- about it. He's never done it. No, I'm saying it might have possibly happened to me once or twice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, to you. Only sure. when That's you hang out with the king. That's, no, it's consensual when he hangs out with me. He knows that. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> right. It's mutual. We're all about that. <laughs> and this is where we get him just fully spinning out into Kiss of Death, Tommy Udo, uh, James Cagney. When he gets back home, and of course, his aunt has to just break his fucking projector, the fucking love of his life, that projector. And that's it. I'm just going to push you down a flight of stairs, just like in the movie. And it was kind of cool to see the Flash 
back to the movie and then back to him. I actually did like the fact that he did that uh, a couple times in the movie. Where, like, that's where his head's at. That's all he's thinking. He's this character. He's Cody Jarrett right now. He is not Eric Benford. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the flashing back, like, it was okay on some points. Uh, uh, other points in the movie, I thought it was just way too much because – you know, I guess they were trying to cater to people who obviously hadn't seen the movies, but, you know, like, but, you know, especially mm. the end Flash sequence was just a bit excessive. You know, it was literally showing no. way too much in the Flash. Well, no, I think the idea that they were going for, the concept they were going for is like the King said. It's giving you an, it's giving you the picture of what he's seeing in his head as these things are occurring. You know, we know what the reality is. We know the reality is him shoving his aunt down the steps and, you know, her, her things freaking out and whatnot. But in his mind, he is now becoming these movie characters and so forth. It's his, it's his delve from reality into fantasy and the, the merging of the two because he can no longer differentiate them. Ah, yeah. okay. They, they played it well oh, in that way. I mean, especially... When he gets more clever, you know, throughout his murder spree, especially when he does the Hopalong Cassidy thing, where he full-on dresses up like a cowboy with the mask of Hopalong Cassidy to get Mickey Rourke into that alleyway. It's like, just, you can't even tell it's him because that mask is really nice that he's wearing. And he's got a build of it, you know. And, and to put his waist is so freaking tiny. It was like a 10-inch waist. I, I was like, oh, I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> But he's getting his revenge. He's finding those people that wronged him because he's officially snapped. I mean, he even changes the address of where he lives to the address of Tommy Udo in Kiss of Death. I mean, he goes that far that far along and puts it on the mailbox. Jared, no longer <laughs> Binford. So he's completely gone into that hole at this point. Yeah, he's Cody down. <laughs> See, <laughs> you know, but the. the 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 one thing I didn't really like is the fact that the next scene, when you see him dressing up like uh, Count Dracula, you're going to see a Night of the Living Dead feature, but you're dressing up like Dracula? Like, you think he would dress up like a zombie. You think he would dress up like one of the ghouls, you know, paint his face. Universal monsters, man. Yeah. Universal <clears throat> monsters. But they're not showing that movie. Free. They're showing the Night of the Living no, Dead. No, I, I know they're not, but they can use the character without having to pay for it. No, even though yeah, I think what, at that point, too, Night of the Living Dead was still public domain, too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's why. It was. That's up until what I'm saying. That's ago. why they went, probably went there. Is well-known movie that's free, you know, as opposed to if you went Universal, you'd have to pay for it. But again, though, you're just going to a horror movie, so just go out there and dress up horror. You know, he's having fun with it. You know, and I thought yeah, it was just like a lot of other people in the audience. I like him doing the whole play with the the, the dual faces. You know, as we're seeing him really kind of transform from from Eric Vinford or at that point, Cody Jarrett, as he's going into Dracul. Um, I like that. I thought they were going to even go for like a, uh, and maybe it was what they were going for. And maybe with today's cameras, you can kind of work it a little bit better where it was almost like he was trying to become black and white in a color scenario. You know what I mean? And I think maybe they can do that a little bit better today. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a cool try anyway. Like again, conceptually. And I think the Dean said the same thing. Like this is one of those movies that like the, the concept is strong. The execution is where it lacks at times. And that's from the performances and from some of the limitations as far as what they had access to. Um, I think that if, uh, 
I don't know. In today's today's realm, this would be like a cool series. On like I say that all the time, it'd be a cool series on something though, because you could kind of tie each murder into a separate character, so you could kind of delve into his mindset yeah. with each one. But like, make it a limited run where it's like only one season or something. And yeah, while well, I did thing. enjoy. Yeah, uh, while I did enjoy the mummy sequence, which is coming up, I did love this sequence of him as a vampire, um, especially after he leaves the theater and he runs into that hooker uh, who's coming off of her date, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm not interested." And he's like, "Oh no, I just I just wanted to see how everything's going." And then they have this chase sequence where he's purposely fluttering his fucking cape behind him, like he's grabbing at both edges of that fucking cape but, and then running through the streets. It, it was yeah, great. running through the streets. Yeah, but. If you go back, I don't, I maybe I don't know if I'm the only one that notices, but if you go back and look at that scene again, like running through the streets, yeah. but when they would have the camera angles and like you would imagine that, oh, she's like running as fast as she can and get away and he's chasing after her. When the camera right. would focus in on their feet, they were just like shuffling along like they weren't running yeah. with any like purpose <laughs> or emergency or fear. Uh, there was one no. angle yeah. when it was like. Like a wide shot from behind, where it looked like they were moving pretty quick. But any time that it closed, mm. closed in, showing like the differences in their feet in the chase, like up close of their feet, it was like like a little bit of a shuffle. Like it did not. There was no sense of urgency in their running, uh, which was yeah. interesting to me. Being though she's like a hooker being chased by fucking Dracula down the fucking street. Well, well, did she have heels on? He was walking up and down the boulevard all day, all night long, man. Yeah, she's a little tired. Pretty I mean, pretty woman. You know what I mean? So at yeah. this point, Julia <laughs> yeah. Roberts has not stolen the hearts of America and, you know, has become that hooker with a fucking, with a heart of gold. You know, so as, yeah, as of right now, goat, streetwalkers you know, are still trash. Yeah. We don't care if they die. <laughs> but apparently but, she was doing all right that, since, she, since she drove a Corvette. Just saying. Yeah, she was doing okay. I mean, she's probably a high-end hooker. <laughs> probably has a, you know, a, a tasty, you know, price tag, you know, if you want to spend the night with her. You know, not something that Eric could afford, but it's just the fact that he didn't do anything. She was Mr. Lewis on, on the ground. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just falling on that on that fence post and just you know going through her neck. I mean, you could the effect looks so cheesy because you could just tell that it's just kind of glued on and you just put some fake blood on it. But the fact that he dips his fingers into it and just kind of licks it, like, you know, that like, ooh man, he's getting into cannibalism maybe. <laughs> he's a no. He just yeah, he wants to be Dracula because he's Dracula in this costume. <laughs> He's not Eric. He's Count Dracula. But then he goes down and actually goes for the neck. You know, so he he doesn't just dip his fingers. He actually goes down. He's all blah, blah. Then he finds out. Yeah. She was killed with a stake, <laughs> if you think about it, too. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it plays into all I of it. Of that. Oh, but nice of course job. He cool. to find where, but somehow he manages to find where Marilyn lives. And she's getting sexy because she's had her wine and she's ready to go take a shower. And we get our little cycle of homage. And she hops in and, you know, gets all sudsy. And then fucking Eric's like, can I have your autograph? And she's like, oh, my God. And the fucking ink pen falls in her shower, goes down the drain. And I'm like, this is fucking great. Like, yeah, you, you can never go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Moriarty is, is in the background. He's like, God damn it, where are all these murders happening? we got to figure it out. Nope, Eric works <laughs> out. He's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and what was, the, like, seriously, like, Dr. Moriarty? It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they tried a little. I mean, well, they call her Marilyn, you know, the, the weed. It was like Marilyn Monroe. Like, they didn't try that hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. guy is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to touch on taking it as a Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> and him getting fired from the, the film studio, I mean, this is post him masturbating to uh, Marilyn Monroe and apologizing afterwards. I'm like, dude, I felt that. I've been there too, man. You know, you're looking at a picture and you're jerking it, and then you're like, I'm sorry. You're like, you didn't see that. It's like, it's a poster, I know, but it's still. It's like, I'm sorry for both. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what, but what upsets me is right. Yeah, but what upsets me is right over your bed. You have Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. I do. <laughs> yeah, he's right over my bed. He looks over me every night. I'm like, thank you, Robert. And he's like, you're welcome, Andy. Yeah. But then I got yeah, my 2000 just, Maniac poster of Kathy Mason tied up in rope, and that's a, you know, you know, not to say I haven't used that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just as just as long as you don't mix them up, King. That's all I'm saying. No, I don't. I just like role play, I guess. I don't know. It's a cool poster. <laughs> and it's right across from my bed, so you know, I have to look up. You know, I just tell Robert to look away. Just take five. You know, look away. You don't need to see the sex driver. You talking to me? We've got, yeah. we've got pretty soon. What are you doing there? Oh my god. Home Depot. You know, so role play can role play can be plenty fun, you know. And again, we 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 took a ride over the old people at one time, and we're like, oh, look at this, you know. It was like a pretty color, but it was also a very soft mm-hmm. fabric as well, so it actually really works. We got an entire fucking bundle of it, man. Fantastic. Oh, you talk you're talking about those nice nylon roofs that they have there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's strong and well, secure. And- it, it, yep, it does it does what it needs to be to to be doing. Uh-huh. And when Eric, uh, yeah, when Eric goes after his boss as the mummy, I thought that was the best job that they did with, with effects, as far as making the makeup look good, with him wrapped mm-hmm. up in you know yeah. the mummy costume. I, and face. I, I I agree with that, but that's another one of those cases where his boss is you know trying to get away, making his way through the film canister warehouse, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Dennis Christopher is. In, like as the mummy, like walking at the speed of the money, yep. mummy, but his boss still yep. can't get away. You know, like if you just would have moved <laughs> a little faster, being that he was walking like he was a mummy, I feel like you would have been able to escape uh, easy peasy. And the, the but he, him putting the flashlight up to his face is fucking great. I'll be right back. It's not enough that he's a mummy. <laughs> he's got to put the flashlight up to his face. Like, ooh, makes it spookier. <laughs> yeah, but perhaps, yeah. too, besides this being a film that we're watching and we're seeing these things cut, played out these ways for dramatic effect, perhaps, too, this is also all part of how he is seeing all of these sequences play out. You know, he's moving really slow because at that moment he's in character as the mummy, you know, shuffling after the guy who, yes, they spent the entire movie setting up the fact that he took nitroglycerin tablets for his fucking heart problem. So you knew the guy was a fucking heart attack. You know, at least in Child's Play 3, it was a complete and utter fucking surprise when the fucking guy had, had a heart attack and died. This one, it was like they fucking set it up a mile away. Yeah. yeah, you knew because <laughs> we're we're modern horror movie fans. We know it. Like you know, can't surprise us anymore. We know what's going. You know, you're setting it up too much. Because at one point in the movie, he's watching Halloween on TV, and there's nothing like there's not a slasher death. And I was like, he's it's on in the background. You would think that that's going to be his inspiration for a slasher death. You know, not dress up like Michael Myers because of copyright issues, but similarly, dress up like a, a coveralls wearing killer, and it never happens. I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of hoping we would get that random kind of kill. 
Yeah, but we did get those nods because we also had the Halloween posters that were in the production office as well. You know, and like you said, they oh, were ha- having Halloween playing in the background. You know, maybe that was just yeah. a little nod from the producers of this movie going, hey, we made Halloween as well. <laughs> Check out this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the better of the two movies you're watching, but seriously, though, we made Halloween, so it's going to have that poster. Well, well this in goes this to movie. show you that Fade to Black takes place in the same universe as Halloween 3. You know, and maybe what they yes, were hoping to eventually do was marry the two together and bring Tim Thomerson together with Sam Versus Adams. Tom Atkins? That would be a bad Atkins. I'd want oh. to see that. I'd want to see that face. That's like, you know, <laughs> that movie I would see right now. Battle of the Stash. Just, just to see those guys fucking... Other, can you imagine those two fucking guys making be, out, man? Like, they're fucking, their mustaches, like, battling together, man? You're, like, looking at two fucking Brillo pads rubbing up against each other. It's going to be fucking whiskey. It's going to be cocaine. There's going to be cigars everywhere. Like, that's a vice of whiskey. Yeah. And them just trying to hit on fucking chicks the entire movie. Like, they start out as friends and, and then they find the one that they want and they both want it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, it's just. So many, so much potential. I mean, and they're both still alive. They can still do it. I still watch it even now, even in their their elder ages. I still watch that fucking movie. But the adventures um, of Tim and Tom. A road show. From the Max this summer. Fucking here we go. It's another road show. It's another road trip show. You know. Fucking a man. What What is going on? 2021, yeah. fucking advent of the road show, or the day of the road show, yeah, the advent, or, Tim or, or you call it, or the TNT road show. <laughs> there you go, that's one. But we were talking about the different plots because you have the Moriarty plot, then you have Eric's plot, but then you have a fucking another plot that pops up when Eric's hitchhiking home and he meets Gary Bialy the film producer, he's like, I got this great idea. I go, Alabama and the 13th Thieves. He's like, that's a great thing, man. Here, hit this fucking joint real quick. All right, get out. And he's like, okay, see ya. <laughs> and he's like, that's a great fucking idea. I'm going to take that fucking idea and I'm going to steal it. He's like, fuck, man. He's like, I don't even know this who you are, kid. I don't pick up hitchhikers. I don't do drugs either. This fuck out of here. driving the car. He's, this motherfucker's driving the car from Monopoly, okay? And he's pulling over and picking up hitchhikers. Like, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> I wish they, like, I wish they actually at least, like, I wish they kind of intimated at this. Like, there needed to be some kind of, like, dropped line, something that would at least relate why this guy would have been in this location to have been picking up this kid in this particular moment. Like, this, like you said, this is like a whole other plot that, like, comes out of nowhere. Yes. And then, I mean, yes, it's used <laughs> for the finale and whatnot as you know, a means to, to finally reveal it. Like, it, as I was watching this sequence, like, pan out, you know, another movie that I, I almost feel like... It's funny, but like, and I, I obviously listen. I know reading on the production of it and everything, it had nothing to do with this film in any way. But there were fucking things in this that were reminding me of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film, where I wasn't sure if yeah. like, some of the shit that was going on in this could possibly be just all in this kid's head. And I'm sitting there watching this sequence play out, and I'm thinking to myself, man, he's fucking hallucinating right now. He's never been picked up by this guy. Like, none of this is happening. No, and it's, just, it's such a weird thing out of nowhere. Like you said, it, it adds to the finale. 
when Gary's in the the barber chair and you have Eric walking in <laughs> like James Cagney from Kiss of Death. Yeah, see, this is the end of you. See, like, I was like, come on, you, like everybody knows your face. Like, there's a ton of witnesses right now, and you're just fucking plowing them down, plowing this one guy down with a fucking Tommy gun, and reusing the same three shots over and over again. Where did you get a Tommy gun? Where did you get a fucking Packard? Because <laughs> he pulls up in a fucking Packard outside the barber shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again, he it's does. all real because we hear this all come up again later when, like, the po- like again, like, if the police were, like, on their radio chatter and they're like, yep, we, we right. found the car. And as we go to the, the, the place where we're seeing the finale occur and you see that it's like a beat-up jalopy, not a fucking Packard. Mm-hmm. You know, but then again, too, Eric did have money. We don't know what his mother had, well, his aunt, what she had, what she left him and whatnot. I know he he seems to act like they're poor at times, and he's wearing clothing like they're all torn up and everything. But again, she's an ex-dancer. The place is completely filled with all kinds of movie shit and memorabilia and, and all kinds of other stuff. So it almost intimates that they're not poor. No. I mean, he, he does. They when he he rents out in the fucking entire photo, uh, photography studio for his grandson house. But you know he's got fucking cash because he fucking decorates it. He decorates the wow. shit out of this fucking photography studio. And he's like, I'm going to dress up like Lawrence Olivier. Like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> like, you have cash. You know, and this is, like, the thing is, though, he's is that Duke. he didn't fucking put two and two together that that's Eric. Like that's the fucking guy that you were talking to on the, on, you know, in front of the diner. No, like, I she think never she makes does any, like, because hmm. you hear her drop a line where she says, "I know who you are." So I yeah. had oh, feel yeah, she it. knew that it was him. I felt like she was just playing along with him, but then he was also drugging her. So. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. well he was throughout the evening, but when she first got there, I'm like, she's not like, oh yeah, you're that fucking cute guy from the diner. Like I didn't know you were a photographer. Like you know, it's, it would have been something that was a little bit better, but. Didn't play out too well because he's just dosing the shit out of her at this point. I don't know if she can remember her own name by the time the like fucking movie's over. <laughs> Dude, he's just fucking yeah. popping him in her mouth. Like at one point, he's just fucking fist handing him into her fucking mouth. She's like, well, I'm like fucking, you gotta have more. Like Christina Ricci. What are you like doing? Christina Ricci in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you know? And God does like <laughs> his thickest rock down her throat. And then they break me anally. <laughs> And yeah, and now at this point, Moriarty and the, the woman police officer, Anna, are on his fucking tail, and they're like, oh, we got to go to the photography studio. That's where he is, and i got to fucking talk him down. I know how to do it, because I'm a fucking psychologist. The first thing that happens when he walks in the door is he gets shot. <laughs> Not even, like, he didn't even have a chance to say anything to Eric. He just goes, bam, right in the face. He's like, oh, I'm down. Down. <laughs> ow, ow. This hurts. Never He's like, I'm going to walk before. this off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to walk it off real quick, and then everything's going to be fine. Oh, he's on his way to Grauman's Chinese Theater. Oh, wait, there they are. I love that shot of seeing Eric dragging her with him down the fucking sidewalk. And like, there he is. Like, we'll follow him. It's such a weird well, shot just, to use. His fucking partner's like, oh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine, you know. Just a, it was shot. only my kneecap. Yeah, just, yeah seriously. Well, like, you know, it wasn't like he got hit in the leg or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No, I got I got another one. I'm okay. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, let's follow them all the way to Grumman's Chinese Theater where this movie premiere is happening, and we're all going to run inside. And they're never going to chase me into here because they're never going to find me. It's like, dude, you look like the most fucking obvious person in this fucking place. You got a woman that's fucking <laughs> way too drugged to even stand, and you're dressed like a fucking fancy Lawrence Olivier. Like, oh, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Olivier and Marilyn Monroe in the 80s when everyone else is dressed all 80s. Yeah. Blend, blend. Yeah, no one will see you. <laughs> Listen, this is, yeah. again, though, this is the boulevard, man. You know how many different cosplayers and people dressed up? This is fucking Hollywood. You see in other sequences, it seems like every other person is dressed up like fucking Marilyn Monroe. You know, when you have deceased stars, that's the, that's the kind of thing that kind of happens. That's like if you go to Vegas now. Every fucking five seconds, you're going to see another Elvis Presley. They're all over the place. There's black ones, white ones, Indian ones. You fucking, there's females. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it is how it is, man. So it, it doesn't surprise surprise me that people don't kind of react when they see people dressed up, especially when they're at a movie premiere, which is what it looks like they're at anyway there. Yeah, it is. It's a movie premiere, you know, but you just dragging her. But it's like nobody notices the half drug chick on her shoulder. It's just because, you know, they're, they're in Hollywood. Like, you know, we're just here for the premiere. <laughs> this probably happens all the time. This is fine. Like, you know. Fucking A, man. She probably took too uh, many of them quaaludes, dude. This is like a scene out of fucking... Uh, you know, what do you call it with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio that I can't think Wolf of Wall Street, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's yeah. fucking out that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's, we're having the moment where they're going to on the roof, you know, where it's like I'm on the roof and you have the SWAT team, you know, coming and they're handling their business and you have Gallagher saying, you know, he's up there and one of the SWAT teams takes a shot. It's like, of course. <laughs> they, they say don't shoot unless he shoots yep. first. And then yeah. the second he and the one SWAT team was like, I didn't hear like, you. Boom. <laughs> yeah, the one SWAT guy was like, I didn't hear your instructions. Sorry. It's like, wow, that's relatable <laughs> this year. <laughs> and it wasn't even a kill shot. It's like, you're a crappy sniper on top of that. Eric takes a lot of fucking bullets. That shot, I think, would have put down most fucking people, man. That was that was a yep. pretty damn well aimed shot. It's just that Eric is in fucking Superman mode. <laughs> yeah, he's taking a lot of fucking bullets at this point. Because you know, I was like, I couldn't believe he was still alive after taking all those bullets, and he's still like, no, got one more in me. I'm like, dude, stay down, stay down. Top <laughs> of the world, bye. <laughs> oh yeah, and this I guess that's what Monkey was talking about. The flashes, I needed them because I loved it. Because it's just showing you exactly what happened. And in his mind, he is fucking Cody Jarrett. He's going to take his final fucking bow as Cody Jarrett as he gets gunned down in the hail of bullets right off of Grauman's shiny theater. What better way for a film-obsessed, shy, weird loner like that to die like that? Epic. And then cut right to Chris. Yeah, I... So we're not, we're not going to wrap shit up for you. We're not going to let you know what happened to Marilyn. Nope. We're not going to let you know what happens with anybody. We're just going to simply cut. Eric doesn't even find out what the fucking detectives do, which is that his aunt was actually his mother. So he committed matricide by murdering his mom. But we don't find that out. You know, why have why have character development and like you know another moment of breaking? You know, maybe that's what they use to show him like you fucked up, dude. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're kind of going in and out of reality here. Like there's any number of humanizing things that they could have done within the script yeah. of this film that they just chose not to. Yeah, I know. They're just like, well, we got to fucking wrap it up. So let's just fucking have him stand up and try to take a half-ass bow and then fucking just nail him with a bunch of bullets. And then we're just gonna go right to credits. <laughs> 
Boom, done. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not going to have Marilyn start crying, go, no, I mourn him, even though I'm drugged. The, like, whoever jumped off the theater, it was a cool stunt, you know, obviously, because they took a tumble. It was. Yeah, I'll give him that, you know, and it was, yeah, one of those movies that just doesn't wrap up anything for you. It's just like, we hope you enjoyed it, and now it's over. So it's like, okay, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's Fade to Black, very appropriate, <laughs> the way that it ended. Um, but yeah, actually, it didn't yeah, even that, fade to black. Yeah, it should have faded to black. It's no. the name of the fucking movie. Or at least have a Metallica right. song play over the soundtrack. I wouldn't mind they, that. I'm like, no. Fade to black? They also obviously weren't planning a sequel, or else they would have done one of those close-up <laughs> shots of his face, and his eyes would have oh, yeah. up, like the last possible minute, you know? Oh no! And then it just no. Uh, on a free frame of his fucking eye. No. <laughs> with the, with, yeah, with no. the musical thing. Dude, the yeah, 1980s freeze frame God. fucked me up, man. As a kid, there was just nothing more yeah. fucking horrifying than the 1980s yep. freeze frame. When a movie ended with that kind of fucking thing, it was just like I don't know. Life paused. Everything was dead, and it's like fuck, man. I'm really fucking uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah, Wes Craven used that a lot in the 70s. He was a big fan of the freeze frame endings, like Last House on the Left, The Hills of Eyes. And he definitely loved those jolting fucking freeze frames. Where it's like, yeah. Friday the 13th Part sucks. 2, man. Jason's mother's head, dude. All I ever fucking kept waiting for was for those fucking eyes to open. And I know they never did, but I always fucking wait for it. I don't trust <laughs> yeah, you. Wait for it. <laughs> I, I watch it now and I still wait for it. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's going to fucking happen. Halloween 3. I have a fucking heart attack. Halloween 3. With Tom Atkins screaming into the phone, stop it, stop it, yep. stop it! Like fucking freeze frame, uh, I remember dude. that as a kid fucking me up. And I mean, obviously, yeah. man, the one that always gets me the most is fucking Sleepaway Camp. Because that fucking shit was oh, just horrifying. Yeah. That fucking mouth yep. opening up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh-huh. What is this? I was already confused as to what the fuck I was seeing in that situation. So the fact that you wanted to freeze on her fucking animalistic looking face. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Uh, Dean, I believe it's your pick next week. What do you have for us? Yes, our time is short and there are several things that I want to say and I will say them very quickly. First, at the top of our show, we talked about how a legend of rock has died. But in the time that yep. we've been doing our show, while it's been rumored for a little while, another legend of rock has been reborn uh, due to some type of treatment that has restored his hearing. Brian Johnson has returned to the fold. ACDC has announced a new album coming out in November. In the 12 brand new songs. Uh, Power Up uh, is the name of the yep. album. Uh, it is featuring Angus Young, uh, Cliff Williams, uh, Stevie Young, yep. the late Malcolm Young's. Uh, nephew mm-hmm. and uh brian johnson once again back handling vocal duties and there is a single that is out now uh so ac but uh more importantly we have the a loudest about next week ever ever yeah. ever yeah uh next week we are going to stay in the 80s uh we have a little short one for you next week uh it's on tubi uh it's on youtube 1983, just a very short film clocking in at an hour and 16 minutes. I promised you the goods, and next week's film is going to be, uh, it's directed by Wayne Berwick with the title Microwave Massacre. We covered that. We covered Microwave Massacre? (laughs) Yeah, we did. Yeah. We yeah. did? When did we yeah, come yeah, up with that? It was your that pick. Was your I pick think, God damn it. 
That was your pick. God damn it. <laughs> it was you my pick. Crossing I, off no, titles, man. No, no I, really? I, I. God damn it. it. All right, I retract. <laughs> I retract. I will have a new title yeah, uh, soon. Uh, later this evening, I have a new title. I have a new title. I have a new title. Walking around on the fucking construction site was awesome. I'll rewatch it for that, but the fucking movie was shit. God damn it. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, our next pick is called. Uh, shit, man. I'm taking too much weed every night. Um, it is called. <laughs> let me just double check. Uh, too much power. 2009. Too much power. Uh, 2009. Uh, Blood Knight, <laughs> The Legend of Mary Hatchet. Blood Knight. The Legend oh, of Mary Hatchet from 2009. Classic. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. I had that one already. Next week. God damn it. All week long, I've been like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this bullshit. Um, Fuck. Uh, anyway, uh, 2009, <laughs> Blood Knight, The Legend of Mary Hatchet. That right. scene was the okay. titties through the, through the fence, man. Titties in the fence. Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah, I can't believe... Well, hey, you know what? What was it? Blood Knight, The Revenge of, of Mary what? The legend. What do you mean? Mary Hatchet. Knight, the oh. legend. The legend of Mary Hatchet from 2009. It's a long fucking title. Starring Helen Slater. It's got okay. uh, Daniel Harris, Bill Mosley, uh, and some others. Okay. okay. Well, cool. hey, listen. That's very cool. All right. So thank you for that pick, and we'll be talking about it next week. Not Microwave Massacre, but the other one that we're going to be talking about next week. So, Blood Knight. Thank you very much, Dean. All right. Blood, Blood Knight. Knight. It's up for discussion. All right, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror, and let me come in your ear. All right, plug, All right. plug, Go on and hit us with a plug as you close out. <laughs> hey, everybody, for one thing, first and foremost, avoid sling, because sling sucks. Besides that, go to Etsy, okay, and in the search bar, in all in one word, put in Bonfire Bee Designs. There you're going to find all kinds of jewelry, gemstones, uh, earrings, bracelets, necklaces, charms, the whole nine. The holidays are coming. Halloween mm. is around the corner. Thanksgiving is coming. Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, you name it, it's there. Shit, man. You know, if you make it to 2021, if somehow, you know, because you, 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 you weren't a fear, fearful human being and you didn't let COVID fucking demoralize you and you made it to the next year this year, then you got fucking Valentine's Day even, you know, so you can get anything for your loved one over at Bonfire Bee Designs. So get on there. On Etsy, search bar, all one word, Bonfire B Design. Stay scared, everybody. All right, so we've got our plug in. We've got our movie for next week. So, as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying, Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. We'll see you next week for uh, Blood Feast of the, the Merry Curse of Part 2 from 2009. I don't know. <laughs> blood, blood, blood Method. Blood Method, the story of Mary Horror. Or something like okay, that. Okay, there we go. Ryan Scott Weber, shout out to you. Blood Knight. Blood Knight. Blood Knight. Blood Knight. Blood Knight. The story of Mary Shelley. Good night, Blood Knight. Good night, Blood Knight.